You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am Matt Wilson, and today we are joined by Tony the Fridge Morrison calling in from across the pond. Uh, Actually, Tony, I am here in Costa Rica uh, where I live and uh, you are in the UK. I I can only assume, although we are on Skype, so you could be anywhere in the world and uh, you are a crazy individual in my humble opinion. I'm sure you've been called crazy before. Running ultra marathons with a refrigerator on your back in a as a backpack, uh, running across who who exactly knows where, running all over the place for charity, raising money for cancer. And Tony, I heard you on the Barbell Shrugged podcast, and I was a big fan of the inspiring uh, content that you were able to put out with those guys. And so I definitely wanted to invite you on and. Uh, ask you some questions and and just hear uh, a little bit more about yourself so tony welcome thank you for taking the time out today no thanks thanks matt you know thanks for a lovely introduction i, I um you know the I, I came on i came on your show because i'm inspired by the things you guys do so um it's my pleasure and like i said earlier off mic uh, you know, we're going to have a good chat. I don't want anything back in return. It'll it'll be it'll be enjoyable, no doubt, just to 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 share some time with you. That sounds good to me, Tony. So I I guess really my first question is uh, is why do you do this? I I would love to just hear a little bit more about your backstory and uh, if you could explain to our our readers why all of these people call you crazy and why you do such incredible things with your life well you know um it's it, it all it all this particular part of my life began began as a crazy bet as a a joke really uh, you know um it, it, there was no there was no plan i didn't sit down one day and decide to become tony the bridge it just didn't work like that at all I mean, my 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 tale is a, it's a whimsical tale, and um, I'm already talking to people about making a movie. And the original, and, and you know, the the first, the first movie at least um, the, of how it all began and how it happened, and the the uh, the events that took place in this period were were, were quite magical in some respects, and um, just you know, uh, just movie from start to finish it's just if it wasn't my own life i would i would be a movie i'd want to watch you know and um you know so you know it started off as a crazy bet uh you know i've always been an ultra runner before i knew what an ultra runner was i was an ultra runner you know um you had people talk about the ultra scene and um <laughs> you know and there's you know you know, I've heard people say that Tony Fridgey's a legend on the the ultra scene. You know, and I I, I don't really get this scene thing. You know, I, I'm not really um, I, I I don't run to socialise and I don't and I don't run to um, enhance my profile. Um, and it's not about the sport. Uh, I I I don't think I don't think running is a sport. Uh, it's it, it's it's what we're meant to do, isn't it? You know, we we're designed to run and hunt, 
you know, uh, that's, that's what this species was meant to do. You know, we weren't meant to be sitting still. And so, um, you know, since I was young, my father, um, he instilled in us that, you know, every chance we got, we were out in the fresh air and we were covering mileage. We were carrying out journeys of all kinds and um, adventures. And it didn't matter what the weather was like, you know, I hear people always say, I was just today, someone on my Twitter feed, you'll notice, from a, a, a half marathon they've been invited to, and they said, I hope the weather's nice for you. I mean, what is nice weather? <laughs> you know, if you ask somebody who lives in the desert whether he likes the sunshine, you know, I think you'd have a different opinion to, to um, us lot, you know. Um, for me, uh, they, um, uh, I, I love being alive, and, and I don't think I've ever had better journeys than the ones when it was raining and misty and storms going. You know, I remember running across the mountains in Scotland with a fridge on my back, a fractured left leg, hobbling, veritably hobbling across these mountains, and I had my iPad on, and the, the, uh, the Dire Straits song, um, Brothers in Arms, came, came on. I don't know if you know it. Do you know that song, Matt? No, I don't off the top of my head, but I might uh, recognize it. Anybody listening, check out Dire Straits, Brothers in, the, Brothers in Arms. And it's um, one of these mysterious songs, you know, and it kind of starts, these mist-colored mountains, and then there's a guitar riff, you know, and I'm up in the mountains, it's misty. It's, it's raining. I've got my legs fractured. I'm hobbling. I'm in agony. There's no way I'm able to stop because of the mission that I'm on. And, um, yeah, at the time, I suppose, you know, I, I remember these, these uh, uh, passerbys pulling over to, to um, give me a donation and, and some, you know, some wishes of goodwill. And uh, they, were, they were just blown away with... The, the, the abject misery of what I was seemingly going through, but I was in a happy place, you know. I was, um, and when I look back on on the those toughest journeys in my life, those are the journeys that you look back and think, "Wow, I really did that. I got through that. That's just amazing." You know, I worry about like you. Listen, you actually, I'm going to give you a telling off now, Matt. Actually. You, you said, oh, Tony, in an email, I want to talk to you about fitness hacks. I can't stand that phrase, hacks, because it, people are always looking for easy ways, the easy route to this and the easy route to that. There is no easy. There is no easy way to anything. Not in my opinion. I might be wrong. It's only in my opinion, but there is no easy way to any, anything. And the toughest, hardest ways that I can find to do stuff you know, when I look back on them, it, it thrills me. You know, it, I'm, I'm really quite a selfish person, to be fair. I, 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 I'm in it for the adventure. You know, yes, it's it, it's um, there's the, there's a, there's a reason for the fridge, and um, there's a there's a, a poignant reason for the fridge. And ever, you know, nowadays, you know, like at the moment, my uh, my elderly mother has uh, cancer, and no doubt it's going to take it from us, you know, and, um, but that's not why I started carrying the fridge, it wasn't for mum, it wasn't um, necessarily for those nearest to me, I just found an opportunity to inspire a lot of people and help a lot of people, and uh, particularly help a cause that meant a lot to me, you know, and, um, you know, the, uh, 
to do it as much as I do it, you have to find a deeper, a deeper inspiration within yourself. Uh, you know, um, to go through what I've gone through, I've had to. Ha I've been on this journey. You know, life life's a puzzle, and uh, you know, it, it's a magical thing. When you when you you know when you see how tiny we were, you know when when we first you know one of five million or whatever that made it to that egg you know you know we're not we're so microscopic you can't see us you know you can't you can't you can't the human eye can't see the, the you know the you know us at that point of that uh, where life begins you can't see us we're tiny. But that tiny, tiny little um, egg carries so much intelligence and so much information. It's, you know, it's a magical puzzle life. It begins in such a, an amazing way. You know, people talk to me about, you know, various religions and things like that, you know. All I know is that you've got to have faith that life is, is a puzzle we're supposed to work out somewhat while we're here. Um, to take us to wherever we go next, because if somebody ever tells you that this is this is it, <laughs> you know, step away from that person, get that negative voice out of your head, because this is not it. This is this is just a part of our journey. Wherever we go next, who who really knows? Nobody. Isn't that an amazing thing, Matt? We've been alive all of these <laughs> millions of years as a race, and nobody's quite worked it out yet. Nobody has worked out what we are doing on this planet, where we came from and where we're going. You know, they, they argue all day and night on, on how, we, how we arrived on the earth. You know, someone might say, well, you know, I've got my faith and, you know, I've read it in the Bible, I know where we came from. And, you know, and a scientist says, no, 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 I've got the proof on how we evolved. And, you know, and then you say, well, well, you know, the scientists can't be right. The Bible just doesn't ring true all the time. There's so many different versions of it. Which one do I believe? All you can believe is that life's a puzzle, and we've got to work it out. That is that is pretty amazing, and that nobody has it figured out. So if there's anybody listening out there to be who's saying, oh, "I need to be like Tony," or "I need to be like so and so," it nobody has nobody has it figured out. That is a, a, just an amazing little snippet as so many of the the quotables that that you've just uh relayed with our our listeners I, and of course i want to hear about why cancer and what you had to go through and uh you know you've you've in the past said that you were diagnosed as emotionally disturbed and had battles with anxiety but I, i'd like to ask you specifically about how you said through this misery you know, that, that you said that there's no easy route. You don't need any of this fitness hacking nonsense. Like put in, put in the work and put yourself through the pain and you find yourself in that happy place, almost a place of transcendence. Uh, could you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? You know, uh, transcendence, that's a fantastic, fantastic uh, uh, way of describing it as well. You know, for me... The, um, I think in this society where we live in, this easy world we're living in, um, as, as a species, it's messing us up psycho psychologically. 
we're, we're not meant to have it quite so easy. You know, um, and how it's evolved. Just look at the last 100 years. Have a look at the um, poverty at the turn of the century. Have a look at, you know, how, you know, look at how poor Americans were living and how poor English people were living. Just, just look in your own history, just a hundred years, and just, just see how, you know, um, awful it was just in that time. And you, then you see how we've accelerated so quickly, you know, um, Suddenly, we're you know we're starting to work things out a little bit, a little bit too quick in some respects for me. And what somebody somewhere is really, you know, the salespeople of the world. Uh, you know, so that's why I like your business, Matt. That's why we're talking today. That's why I like about what you guys are about. You like the adventure. You want to bring adventure to people, you know, so that they can, you know, change their lives. I've seen people that have been on your trips a couple of days on a trip. And it's life-changing, and it is. It really is. It's, you know, it's amazing how two or three days or four or five days in a place with a group of strangers, you know, you know, zip-lining off mountains or, you know, swimming with dolphins, whatever it is you're doing, it's amazing what, uh, what just, a, you know, a few moments can do. In fact, you know, I would say that my life changed in a moment. And, uh, and and it's constantly the, the biggest steps that in the most exciting adventures I've ever had. I never knew I was going to have them until moments before it happened, and um, it was, they were they were they were unplanned in some respects. But the the you know constantly I come across, and I was also I was the same. You know I, I had a, a, you know a successful marketing business, and um, you know chasing the money from being a young young guy. You know, I uh, I lost my father at, a, at the most difficult point in my life. I had no body in my family at all. My brother was a bully. Uh, my uh, sister was a drama queen. Uh, my mother just wasn't equipped. You know, I love her, but she just wasn't equipped to handle the situation. Um, she loved a man so much. To this day, she's 84 now. She's ne She never, ever... Uh, met another man, she never kissed another man, she never had a courtship with another man. She was 42 when she was made a widow and she lost the love of her life and it, it just crushed her. So this impact of, of losing dad like we did, it destroyed my young life, uh, um, you know. I, and, I, you know, that's, that's not saying that for sympathy. I've just This, this is just a statement of fact and... Um, you know, I didn't have the tools uh, or the support network uh, within me to to cope, and um, you know, and I basically, you know, went within myself. And it's a great film, a great film, um, really sad, but um, I think it's called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not. Oh, great! Seriously. Make sure you've got some handkerchiefs with you. Okay. Uh, so, so the, the movie's about about um, 9/11, and it's just, it's about an autistic child. Uh, his father's Tom Hanks, and uh, Tom Hanks goes to work 9/11, and uh, he's stuck on the top floor and doesn't go home. Leaves a few messages and he's trying to get through and doesn't get through. He doesn't come home. But his son was him and his son used to have all these adventures and. Um, he would 
you know, help him with his autism, he would, he would, you know, he would create these different um, puzzles, and you know, uh, they, they would go around the, the city of uh, New York and have all these um, adventures together that his dad would um, create, and um, to keep him keep him focused. And um, so, anyway, when this uh, young boy loses his father, um, his reaction. One of his reactions that might go past most people who've seen the movie that don't really realise, you know, whoever wrote that, that and created that movie, they knew about how children are affected in these circumstances. And um, myself, I was affected in exactly the same way as this, this young lad. And I didn't know anything about this movie. Saturday afternoon, my wife and I, um, uh, some years back, it would be our time would get a movie, watch it on, you know, on Netflix or Sky or what have you, just find a nice movie and, uh, you know, cuddle up on the sofa and, and, you know, kids kids were all doing different things and that was our time, watching a movie Saturday afternoon. And this Saturday afternoon, we just caught us unawares. Janita and I just sat down and watched this movie. She knows my life story. She knows everything about what happened to me. And um, which, I, which, well, a lot of people in the world know it now, but back then it was a secret. And um, so the, we started watching this movie, and the, within the movie, the, the character in the movie, uh, he, he's building a world underneath his, his bed. Uh, he's got this little place, and his mum would lie next to the bed and just talk to him underneath the bed and such like, you know, it was, so he was, he was under the bed for the same reason I was under the bed. It doesn't actually go into detail in the movie, but when you see what he was going through, he was under the bed because under the bed isn't the real world and he could escape, you know. And, and the effect on me, I mean, I was a young boxer. I was a tough kid. I wasn't, you, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't a soft kid. And I'd, brought, I'd been brought up to be tough. Dad expected us to be tough. We'd... we'd, we'd got out hiking and camping and in the wilderness and you know we we were um, hardy kids so but this the whole effect of seeing my mother distraught and the uh, the family was broken into segments dad was was the cement that held the whole family together you know and without him we all realised we didn't really like each other very much and we didn't support each other it was a family destroyed by this by this um, death of this man, you know, and um, so yeah, so I ended up um, lost and um, and broken, and 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 I, the best thing for for me to do was I would hide, and I would hide under the bed for for you know days. I would open the open the back door of the house and, and then sneak back up and hide under the bed. So they thought I'd gone out, and they'd go out looking for me. And I would be just so happy when the house was empty and there was nobody around, just me. And, uh, you know, the, the reality of, of what uh, my life was could change and I would just change. I lived in this, this separate reality and didn't want to face, um, you know, what had gone on, you know. Well, wow, that's a, an amazing story, Tony. And uh, before we were chatting off camera, off the record, you said something to the effect of, you know, if you're sitting there, you know, you said that your life is about asking yourself, what am I contributing? And I like that you have this dichotomy where you say, yeah, you know what, this is 
about me and the adventure and the thrill that I get this get from this and I love when the rain and snow and wind is whipping in my face and I've got a refrigerator on my back and I just can't even believe that I'm up here right now and I've got a broken leg and I have you know 40 miles 40 marathons and 40 consecutive days that I need to run and uh, you know this this fridge weighs over a hundred pounds etc and uh, you know, but you said it's about what am I contributing to the world? So through that fulfillment that you seek, then you are able to, to contribute, then you're able to give. And uh, I was wondering how you came uh, upon that conclusion or if that's even a fair conclusion that I just threw yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is fair. Um, you know, Matt, uh, I wrote a blog a little while ago um, especially in the UK, whenever somebody says, why me? There is always somebody in the room that says, oh, don't go, don't, don't say that. That's victim thinking, you know. And, uh, you hear it, you probably hear it in America, it's just the same as you hear it here. Um, you know, and it's kind of frowned upon that, that people say, why me? But I say, if you're not asking yourself, why me? You'll never find the true purpose of your life and why you're here. Or you'll not, you'll not find answers, you know, unless you ask the question. You need to ask the question, why me? When something goes wrong, why me? You, you know, in some respects, I kind of, if things go wrong, or things are going to go wrong, if there's 10 of us in a room, and one of us is going to get cancer today, I'd say to God, pick me. Pick me. I'll, you know, I'll risk everything I've got. Uh, you know, I'll risk not being here for my kids. Pick me. I'll take it on. Because I want that in my life. I want my life to have a purpose. You know, you, what's the point of being here otherwise? Uh, you know, I've lost friends to suicide. I've lost my dearest friends, two of my dearest friends, um, 10 years apart, guys didn't even know each other, totally different reasons, took their own lives. You know, you know suicide across the world is a plague. And I've been there myself, I've been at the edge myself. And um, I, I remember after my, my first marriage um, failed, you know, I was a young guy, 17-year-old father, got married at 19 to the same girl, she was my childhood sweetheart. I was divorced by 22. I was back in my bedroom at my mum's house. I'd done so well, built up this small business, making lots of money, uh, but working all day and night. I wasn't there for my wife. She was a young girl. You know, the best friend story, the best friend looks after her while you're at work, and, you know, it happens a million times, no doubt. And, you know, I found myself full circle and back in... Uh, the bedroom where I was the night before I got married. And I remember the night before I got married really well. And I don't think anybody in my family were truly happy for me. I don't think they thought it was the right idea. And um, But I had a little boy and I wanted to make the best, you know. Um, we were too young and um, there was nobody's fault why we didn't uh, succeed as a you know, uh, we were just too we were just too young, and um, 
the, the, the circumstances of particularly my life as well, what had happened with my dad and what have you, um, you know, I, would, I had been a difficult person as well myself. It was a difficult time in my life. For all these reasons, marriage doesn't work. I found myself back in my bedroom, back to the night before I got married. And, you know, I'd had some words with my brother in the week building up to the wedding. And um, he said, I'll see you back here in two years. And he was right. So I sat in this bedroom looking at my uh, James Dean poster on the wall in the same place. If it hadn't changed the room at all, my old bedroom, you know, and, and the poster ironically was uh, this one where James Dean's walking down this rainy street and uh, it says along the bottom, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and there I was, you know, and I decided that that's it. I'm, I'm out of here. Beam me up, Scotty. And um, some bottles of... Uh, uh, water and a couple of hundred pills. I sat down and ended my life. That was that. I had a, um, a song playing constantly on my record player at the time by uh, a, a Swedish group called ABBA called Chikatita. This miserable song. <laughs> and um, it's just played over and over again. I got myself deeper and deeper into this depression. And um, so... I'm out of here and ended my life. Only to wake up several hours later with this vomiting and pills flying out everywhere. And um, obviously then my mum realises what I've done and I'm rushed to the hospital and uh, stomach pump. And uh, fortunately the fantastic uh, doctors and nurses uh, that night saved my life and uh, allowed me to still be here. Otherwise I would have just been a pathetic um, story from start to finish. And at that, you know, it was it, it was it was um, it, it was a blessing in some respects to to find the bottom that I could get to, uh, because uh, a couple of days later I was in hospital and my ex-wife brought my little boy to see me, and he was dad, why why are you here, you know? Wow, so, Tony, your your life begins again. And you think, wow, you know, what a selfish so-and-so I've been, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's, we're not all superheroes. I'm as fragile as anybody else. And, uh, you know, the, you know people, people are inspired by the stuff I do. Well, I think mostly because I am about as normal as it gets. In fact, in, fact, in some respects, I'm a pathetic human being. I'm not as, I'm not some, you know, uh, you know I, I'm not made of steel and... Um, you know, I, I've had to battle with tragedies throughout my life, just like everybody else. And I haven't handled them very well. What I would say to you, Matt, really, and to anybody listening, uh, is that in some respects, you know, I, I, you, you, I've said it in many speeches over the years, you know, they said I was emotionally disturbed when I was 15, and the good news is I still am. And we kind of make a joke of it, but actually I am. And I still get emotionally disturbed about things. And, you know, I just, just 
it's funny. There's, there is a word, you know. That, you know, no doubt it'll be a book of mine at some point. But this this one word is just the most amazing word, and uh, and it's acceptance. So I just find the word acceptance, you know, it, it grips me because you know the the, the, the whole. You know, there's, 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 there's so many other things come out of that word acceptance. You know, it's what do I, what will I accept? Will I, what will I not accept? What do I find unacceptable? You know, um, for me, what's got me through life and got me uh, to stretch myself to these extraordinary levels is my complete acceptance for the circumstances I find myself in. I don't want to escape anymore. In some respects, I want to escape back into the tough journeys, the tough journeys that, that, that represent the tough things that have happened to me. And nowadays, as I get stronger, I'm able to conquer the demons and take the smile off that demon's face, so to speak. And um, I can get through it more, you know, and it throws a storm at me. I, I love the storm. I don't battle with the storm. Uh, you know, I, find, I come across a mountain to climb, and, you know, I wish the mountain good morning. It's no good taking the mountain on, you know. I see so many alpha males, you know. I'm, I'm surrounded by alpha males the whole time. You know, yeah, man, I conquered the mountain. No, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't conquer the mountain. The mountain's still there. You know, the mountain, the mountain allowed you to enjoy running down that flat road today because you climbed it and... Uh, so you should say thank you. You should, you know, wish it good morning. Whenever you come across a huge hill that you have to climb there and then, you know, do it with a smile on your face and, and be thankful. And wish it, wish it, wish it good day. And um, you know, and don't try and conquer it. Just, just enjoy it. Tony, that is a heck of a uh, story, and um, yeah, that that's amazing. That. You share that with us. And if somebody is, is listening who is struggling or has, we all have friends who are struggling. I mean, this is why you do this, whether it's cancer, whether it's depression, whatever it is. How can someone have that radical acceptance in their life so that they can say the words that you just said at the beginning of the podcast, which was, I love to be alive? Yeah, I think I think you know the um, the thing about you know people at times you, you know things can go so wrong for you and you can get it you can get it work it out all wrong and you know you can feel really quite pathetic and um, you know you, you you when you get to that low point or certainly when I got to that low point. Um, it was, you know, I thought the world would be a better place without me. You know, but, you know, what, you have, what we should never, ever forget is how magical life is and how fascinating and amazing it is that, that we come from this, this speck that isn't even, you know, you can't see with the human eye. You know, and then we grow into these fantastic machines 
you know, they, with such capabilities, such limitless capabilities that we've got, we're operating on less than 10% of our brain's um, abilities, apparently. Wow, you know, it's just, it's astounding where we're going to go as a species. And, you know, the, uh, the what you've got to realise is that the journey isn't all about good times. You know, wh why does everybody constantly seek good times? You know, do you know what? I bet anybody listening that you've forgotten most of the good times you ever had. You, you know, the bad times, the tough times, they're the things that you look back on. And when you need a pick-me-up today, you look back at that tough time and you remember when you got through it that day. And that's what brings you on in life. So it's not the easy, good times we should be looking for. It's tough things that make us resilient. We're, we're, we're losing sight of what we are as a species. I mean, we, you know, in this world that we live in now, this fantastic world with all this amazing technology, etc. You know, it, it, it allows us to, to you know, to, we, we don't have to go back in time. We don't have to live like we once did. You know, we, we, can, we can, in our leisure time, you know, take on a Spartan race, for instance, or, you know, take on, you know do, do an obstacle course. We can, we can, you know, put on a pair of shoes and go for a run. Uh, you know, we can, we can, in two square metres, we can exercise and we never move from that spot. Just doing bodyweight exercises and pushing ourselves and, and really testing ourselves as a, um, as a, as a animal, just to see how, how, what we've got in us. If you don't push yourself hard and, and beyond, You'll never, ever truly know that, oh, oh, how absolutely amazing you are. And we all are. We all have something. But, you, know, you know, some of us, which is, you know, some guys are just, you know, you look at them and you think, my goodness me, you know, he's just a, he's a god. You know, some of us, I think, were, were put on the planet, you know, to hunt. And some of us were put on the planet to, to you know, uh, educate the children and, some of us were there to help us spiritually. Throughout this amazing species, there's so many different types of people there. But what we've got to do, every one of us, is find our purpose. Find the purpose that's bigger than you. That you know, if I do this, if I become that, I can use the skills that I was born with and I can help mankind. I can make the world a better place by just being me, by focusing on who I am, not what I've got, how much money's in the bank, or uh, what sort of car I drive. You know, the um, all those things are just absolutely irrelevant. You know, you're talking to a man now that I, I, I made it to the top. I drove the big fancy cars. You know, it's <laughs> this is a, this is the irony, but there's it's something we should all think about. So I drive a £100,000 Mercedes down the street and invariably, you know, like, if, if it would be polite to give way to me, they won't give way to me because I'm the guy in the fancy car. 
<laughs> so they, they, they won't kowtow to the, to the big man in the fancy car. So, so they, 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 you know, motorists are just impolite. And um, if I make a mistake in, a, in my big fancy car and I, I cut somebody up by mistake, what's happening? You know, they're out the window and they're calling your names. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you get no respect when you're the man with the big fancy car. Not in my country, anyway. And uh, it's funny, I'm, I'm, a friend of mine's a very successful racing car driver, and um, me and him grew up together, just by chance, you know, we both did well in our lives, and he's, a, he's one of the British touring car, he is the greatest British touring car racer ever was, called him Jason Plato. And, um, you know, it, he had a reg plate, which I won't say what it said, but basically, you know, it, it, it kind of said it was an expletive, you know. And, he, he, you know, I, I said to him, why do you have that? Why do you have that registration plate on your Lamborghini? He says, Tony, that's the, that's the word that people say mostly when they see me, isn't it? So, <laughs> it, it, so, so um, the, the point I'm making is, I drive the big Mercedes, and I thought, you know, as a young man, young young salesman, I was extremely um, dedicated and, uh, you know, relentless. And, you know, the same individual I am nowadays with endurance, I was at work. And I went to work, and, you know, um, I never, you know, I worked three, four times harder than anybody else. Uh, my first boss told me about this amazing thing called commission. And, um, you know, I wasn't the most educated kid. And the... Um, so he took, my boss tells me about this, this commission. I said, what's commission? He says, well, we don't give you like a basic wage. If it's the more you sell, the more money we give you. And I was like, wow, thank you. Thank you, that's amazing. I just, I'm going to work so hard. And, um, you know, I never seen the fact that if I didn't sell anything this week, I wouldn't get paid. I didn't consider it for a millisecond, you know, and I just went at it and I made a lot of money. I was a very, very uh, um, successful young man and, um, and and I had all the toys and all the riches that come with it and, you know, having, you know, uh, been homeless when I was young and lived on the streets and uh, being abused and all those other things. When you start from, from where I had to start from, I was so far behind the pack. If, 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 if life was a race and uh, we were running around the track, I was so far behind the leading pack. If you hadn't seen the start of the race, you'd probably think I was in front. <laughs> it was just, uh, I was so far behind, it was ridiculous. And I was being lapped. But then I got into uh, business and sales and I threw everything I had at learning about it and um, reading books and 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 away I went and then I made it to the top to the very top I was at the top of the tree and um, the um, I wrote a poem once and uh, I won't go with the, give you the whole poem but um, it was about the day that I resigned and it said um, and I said in the poem um, the day had come to step down from my throne when they asked where you're going I said I'm going home and um, I decided, you know, I wanted to see more of my kids and after losing my business partner, um, having took his own life and what have you, the year before, I just had this, I just had, you know, I, I decided to take, make changes in my life. And, uh, but it's so, so I gave up everything I've got and I put a fridge on my back and I run down the road and I'm hailed a hero <laughs> with, a, with a refrigerator strapped to my back 
you know, I've run down a road and I'm hailed a hero uh, and win all these awards and, um, you know, I'm giving speeches in schools and everybody wants to talk to me and uh, they're interested in what I've got to say. When I was a successful businessman, nobody cared. Nobody cared. I hadn't affected the world in, in one bit. You know, uh, it, it was funny. Um, my... Uh, my sister got a degree and such like, and you know she had the you know her graduation photograph and a degree, and the degree was up on the wall in my mother's house, you know. And um, when I bought my first Porsche, I got the uh, copy of the uh, logbook and uh, put it in a frame so my mum could put it next to the next to the, my sister's degree, you know, <laughs> to show my success. But <laughs> mum threw it in the bin. <laughs> you know, it's it, it funny, I gave my mum one of my awards, this big national award I won, and um, she, she, a, a, a couple of months later I went, I went to see her and I said, hey, where's that, where's that award that I gave your mum? And she started to giggle and she used it in her um, greenhouse as a, as a plant stand <laughs> for, for something she was growing, you know. She'd use it as a coaster. <laughs> so, you know, some people are just... My mum's just not impressed by fancy cars and success. She was, a, she, you know, she, funnily enough, she'd been to see my uncle in California and um, she'd come back with this plaque and um, the plaque said 100 years from now, it will not matter... Uh, what car you drove or how much money you had, but uh, you may be remembered because you once made the difference in the life of a child. And mum said, hang that on your wall. And, uh, you know, so it was little things like that that really turned me in my life and really started to make me think, you know, what is my life about? You know, what am I, how am I contributing to mankind? How am I, how am I uh, going to be remembered? And when you lose people like I've lost people over the years, you know, uh, you go to too many funerals. You know, I went to my father's funeral, and uh, you know, he was he was a man who was, you know, loved by uh, his his workforce. They they closed the shipyard he worked in uh, in honour of him, and uh, you know, I didn't really notice much of that. I didn't really know that. There was so many people at the funeral. It was an odd thing. That was the first funeral I'd been to, and um, but as the years go by, you realise, you know, I bump into the old guys in the street, and they, I look like my dad, and they'd, they'd say, "You're Tommy Morrison's son. You're your dad. This, your dad that." And, you know, he helped us all, and he was an inspiring guy. And um, he made a crazy mistake. He got uh, he had too many beers, got in a car, and. Fortunately for us, he, he only killed himself. But, um, you know, the, he made a, a big mistake celebrating a big contract they'd got for, the, for these couple of thousand men in the shipyards. But, the, um, but I've always started to think about that end game because, you know, we're just not here long enough. And uh, my life, you know, it's just thinking, cranky, there's another one, there's another one. You know, I've lost so many people that you kind of think, oh, geez, what am I going to do before I die? I, I, it could be any minute, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've actually thought like that for a long time in my life. I've always been in a hurry to do something before me, my life ends. 
And my life has come so close to ending on several occasions. Uh, you know, you, Matt, you're talking to one of the luckiest guys around. When I ran the London Marathon a couple of years ago, I got heat stroke. Uh, the, all, all the TV cameras and what have you were filming me from seven in the morning on this hot day. And I was going to, I attempted to run four London marathons and um, the, the PR people and sponsors had forgotten all my race kit and I set off on this race in the blazing sunshine and get heat stroke very quickly. Um, I'd been, you know, under the sun with a fridge on my back for four hours before the race even began. And um, so, you know, lucky to be alive. I ran two marathons back to back on a boiling hot day and, um, you know, really, really come close to death. I, I was in a car crash a few years back and um, I couldn't get out of it. Uh, I hadn't, didn't, I had, didn't have my seatbelt on, and to this, just all of a sudden happens. There's, there's a, there's a car stopped in the motorway. I couldn't avoid it. It, it, it was nobody's fault. And uh, but the car in front of me swerved at the last minute. I didn't know that. He didn't realise the car in front of him had stopped dead. He missed it, and and I hit it. You know, and um, I remember as the as I held the steering wheel and my. Uh, I knew my life was about to end. I knew, you know, people say that they see your life go before you. I didn't see that. I saw my daughter and, um, you know, like, you know, your children have a certain smell when the babies and when they're young. And uh, my daughter was young at the time. And um, I saw Jolie and I could smell her. And, and she was there with me. And I screamed out. You know, you know, swore loudly and uh, and held that steering wheel, and the, the airbags never went off in the car. Brand new car, the airbags never went off. And my headlights hit the taillights of this stationary vehicle. Boom! The car was destroyed right up to the windscreen. I went and hit the windscreen with my head. I bent the steering wheel. My legs have dis went into all the pedals and what have you. How I walked out of that car is just uh, unbelievable so you never know you just don't know so you know we worry about all these things that you know that could happen you know and um you know people say like oh tony you dice with death you do crazy stuff you know <laughs> uh, you know it'll probably be some ironic death that I, that, that I die of, you know, probably trip over something in the garden or something like that, you know, you never know when it's going to happen, so you've, um, you, you know, you might as well live for as, as much as you can and have as much impact as you can, so, you know, so, I mean, I just thought my dad never left anything behind, you know, I, 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 it's, I, I, I'm, I'm like the, the the autistic kid in uh, in in that movie with Tom Hanks. You know, I, I I'm having to work this puzzle out, and so I, I needed to leave behind for my children. You know, my idea of 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 how you know how to work out this this puzzle, which is life, and I had to leave some footprints in the in the snow, so to speak, so they they could see. You know that, that that the most important things are are who you are, not what you've got, and um, it's very hard. I mean, you know, my uh, kids are ambitious, uh, and you know they like nice things, and they, 
you know, they train hard. One boxes, the other one does CrossFit. And, you know, my youngster's a climber and um, he's in the, the, the Navy school. And so, you know, they've all got discipline within them, you know, but they still like the nice things. They still like it easy whenever. And they're typical. They're, they're no different. Um, it's very hard, you know... Um, so many times, it's just funny. People say, oh, Tony, your kids must be so inspired by you. And uh, you're joking. They, 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 you know, there's no talk of fridges in this house. You know, uh, you know I, they don't come to me for advice on fitness. Um, not at all. I'm the last person to speak to. You know, typical father and uh, child relationships, really. You know, teenagers. Are, um, I've often said that teenagers... Uh, it, it should be classed as a, as a, as an illness. <laughs> it, it, it takes you, you know, you're lucky to survive it sometimes. And um, but no, so the uh, what I've tried. Hopefully, I can leave in a legacy. Because uh, although they'll ignore me while I'm alive, I know that that's just being a dad. But you know, they they go and make their own mistakes, and I don't want to avoid them. I don't. I, I'm not wanting to dress my kids in cotton wool. Go out and make mistakes, fall flat on your face, and you know, work it out. And um, it, hopefully, my legacy will be something they can look back on, and 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 hopefully, there's 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 a few, you know, fitness hacks and life hacks, as you say. So, but but maybe not hacks, but maybe just a few things we can say. Okay, all right, okay. You know, we can learn that from Dad, or we can learn that from Tony the Fridge. You know, and the one thing I want people to learn mostly is, is that we have limitless um, uh, capabilities. We are cap we are all capable of so much more than we think we are. When you when you see the things that I've done uh, for who I am, you know, I'm not a superhero, um, but I do have an ability to get on with stuff. I do accept where I am. My mind doesn't wander to easy times. I don't, um, you know, I get on with what I'm doing. I mean, I ran, you know, ran lots of miles on on uh, Sunday. And, um, yeah, you know, there was times during that uh, I was listening to some music, which I don't often do. I was listening to some music and you know, a song came on and, Reminded of me about my wife and dreamed about my wife, and then I dreamt about Sunday dinner for a little while. <laughs> but but uh, I'm able to do that because um, I can enjoy thinking about things without wishing I was there. You know, uh, here's something. This one will get you, Matt. The amount of times I hear, I read like I was reading something in Runner's World, I think, the other day, and. Um, People were saying there was all these marathon tips. Here's a tip how to run a marathon. Imagine yourself running across the finish line. <laughs> what? Are you joking me? What a ridiculous thing to say. You know, uh, you know. The thing is, Matt. Maybe you, and maybe me, and maybe people who are, you know, experienced marathoners. Uh, I, when I run Barcelona Marathon, I love Barcelona Marathon. My wife and I, we, we know every restaurant in Barcelona. We do. We go there, spend a few days, watch a football game, do the Barcelona Marathon. And I often, uh, when I'm running the Barcelona Marathon, uh, it's got such a fantastic finish line and this huge fountain. And I, I often, you know, 
while I'm running it, I can't wait to cross that finish line. And I dream about finishing the first, crossing it. I really do, because it happens in a flash and, and it's over. However, back to the story. I don't believe that we should ever think about finish lines. We should never think about or try to imagine us crossing the finish line. So you might let's imagine now, Matt, that you've got some some uh, goal for your business. Sure. So, you know, right. So the um, and so what your standard, uh, you know, so many there's thousands of titles, in, you know, the, and books you can read on business and you know uh, and blogs and such like. There's just there's so much uh, information out there, but be careful because most of it's wrong. And so they talk about goal setting. Even the greats like Zig Ziglar and people like that who talked about goals for the first time, they're wrong. And they, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say this is my opinion. I'm telling you as a clear fact. I believe they're absolutely all wrong when they talk about setting goals and imagining the finish line, picturing things. Yeah, you know, visualize things. Of course, of course, visualize things. But the only thing that really matters is now. So, you, you know, you, 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 yes, fine, visualise things, but you've got to look at what you do today. And so if you're in a marathon, if you're in an ultra uh, uh, endurance event of any kind, whether it's a Spartan race or whether it's, um, you know, uh, whether it's running deserts or swimming, you know, oceans, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is where you are right now. Is your next step the one after that? The one after that? And you're thinking about the form, thinking about your your breathing, thinking about you know, wondering you know why do I have that pain in my right leg? You know, is that because I'm I'm a little bit tired and I'm not running correctly? Should I you know adjust my posture? You, you, all these things you know you should be able to analyze and consider and, and tweak things as you're doing them while you're doing them in the moment, right in the, in the now. It's you know. You know, it's it's here's a here's the thing. When I ran the first half marathon, um, the news got out I was going to run this half marathon with a fridge, and uh, suddenly the news spread across the world. I think I was in about seventeen countries for this first half marathon. You know, and people were saying, "Can he make it? Can he not? Can he run a half marathon in such like with a carrying a fridge?" And and I did. And so the next year, I uh, I ran thirty half marathons in thirty days with a fridge. And um, can he do it? Can he not? I did it. The, the, the next year, uh, some months later, I, I ran for 12 hours nonstop on a running machine with a fridge. Uh, can he do it? Can he not? I did it. Then it was then I ran nonstop for 24 hours. 24 hours round and round a one mile loop uh, with all these spectators. Can he keep going? And all these scientists studying me and what have you, you know, 24 hours running round and round with the fridge. And um, the worst of it was I never slept the night before the event. So um, I remember standing on the start line with having been awake 36 hours already and uh, thinking, my goodness me. However, the um, 21 hours into that race, into that event, I had three hours to go. Now, the year before, they were saying, can he run a half marathon, can he not? You know, I'd run 60-something miles already, round and round and round, three hours to go. And people were running up to me and saying, 
go on, Tony, you've smashed it, you've smashed it. Only three hours to go. And what was going through my head was, can I make it that next 100 yards? I was so, <laughs> I was so exhausted. I was wondering if I could take any more steps. And they were saying, you've smashed it. Now suddenly, you know, people lose whole sight of, of, um, you know, of what's impossible, which is a good thing. But, you know, the, uh, the key point is everything I've done, bar nothing, every single time I've never had any idea, I've never been able to visualise being at the end. It's too, it, because the journey between now and the end is so far and so impossible. You can't actually contemplate it because your mind can't, can't fathom that far because it's so tough what I'm doing. And that's the same for somebody who's running a marathon for the first time or a half marathon. You know, it, it, somebody who, ha if you haven't done it, it's very hard for you to visualise doing it. You know, and, and all this claptrap about, you know, imagine yourself running across the finish line. Oh, well, okay, yeah, fine. But do you know what? I don't know if, Matt, if you've ever like, trained with kids or, uh, or guys or women or, or, or talked to fellow entrepreneurs who haven't done so well. You know, I, I remember training salesmen and um, I, the, the hardest salespeople to work with were the ones who'd been unsuccessful for a good amount of time. And then I would sit them down and say, look, the reason you've been unsuccessful is you've been badly trained, your techniques are bad, because what they showed you was wrong. That's not the way you work. This is how you do it. Show them a better way. Now, take somebody who'd never done it before, he'd take my training and go out and start making good money, doing very well, very quickly. Take somebody who has had a constant poor results, and he can't visualise, he can't imagine himself Doing well, he's already capped himself. I don't know if you ever, have, have you heard, have you ever heard of a flea circus? A flea circus? No. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, there was an amazing guy in in England back uh, when I grew up called Michael Bentine, and he had a flea circus. <laughs> a flea circus basically was uh, all these fleas in a glass case, jumping at different heights. So, what, but what they would do is they would put little like uh, hoops and things in, so it looked like the flea was jumping through the hoop. But the flea wasn't actually jumping through a hoop; it had just been trained to jump that height, because you can train a flea. Did you know that? I had no idea that you could train a flea. Free a flea. <laughs> well, well, basically, the, how you train a flea is really quite uh, uh, simple. Uh, what you do if you put it if you if you uh, put a flea in a cup, it will jump and jump and jump until it jumps out. Now I've heard stories that that a flea could jump six feet. You know it can jump from one animal to another, and you know they, they, they're amazing at jumping. Um, so if you put a flea in a cup, at some point it's going to jump out. So what we have to do to train the flea is we put a lid on the cup. And it'll jump and jump and jump until it bangs its head. And after it's banged its head a few times, the flea thinks, Phew, I don't like that very much. I bang my head when I jump that high. I think we've all been there. You know, there's times where I don't know, whether it's when you are running, when you're hitting the fastest, your fastest 
uh, pace or whether you're lifting weights or, or whether it's in a relationship and you're, um, you know, the, uh, you know, and, and you hit a block wall, you're just, you know, you're not getting on or what have you. So every one of us, we can all relate to how that flea is after he's banged his head a few times. He just thinks, for oh, here I go again. I'm not going to do that anymore. So he avoids banging his head and doesn't jump as high. And then we have a trained flea. So that flea, for the rest of his days, so the legend goes, is we're not going to jump any higher than what you've trained him to. He has set his level because he banged his head a few times. And we're all like that. Every single one of us is like that. We've banged our head a few times, or, you, you know, just, we just have done it before, so I can't imagine that far that we're able to do what we're able to do. And we just become like that little flea, and we, we, we don't jump as high as we should. You know, there was a, uh, Earl Nightingale, great, um, the first ever spoken word um, uh, number one, I think, in America was Earl Nightingale in The Stranger's Secret. Have you heard that before? I'm pretty sure I have. So Earl, Earl Nightingale, he talks about in The Stranger's Secret, he talks about, he asks the question, how come 95 people out of every 100, uh, you know, 100 people out of 100, when asked it when they're 25 years old, are you going to be a success? They say, yes, of course I want to be a success and conquer the world and what have you, but, you know, why is it, as time goes by, only five people actually out of every hundred on average will, you know, everyone talks about this top 5% and such like, you know, how come, what happened to the others? Well, they banged their head a few times like that flea and they, uh, and life, they thought life taught them, but it, did, but it didn't. What you've got to learn and what I learned was uh, the, the best piece of information I could ever give is I learned how to untrain the flea. So, you know, if, you, if the flea's just a metaphor for us and, our, and that flea mentality who banged its head a few times, you've got to learn to untrain the flea. Do you know how to untrain a flea? No, sir. So what you do is you take a cigarette lighter and you lift up the cup and, <laughs> you, and you heat the cup from below. And you, you burn the flea's backside. <laughs> and it's amazing how high that flea can suddenly jump again when you set fire to his backside. <laughs> so <laughs> every now and again, what you've got to do is you've got to take that proverbial cigarette out of that and set fire to your own backside. You've got to find out what it is that sets fire to you. You know, what emotionally disturbs you. Well, when you say to yourself, no, I'm not going to have that. You know, we talk about acceptable, and it's, you know, and, and acceptance. You know, the <clears throat> for me, acceptance, accept whatever's getting thrown at you today. You can't make it go away. It's happening. You know, shit happens, so they say, and it's how we react to to the circumstance that's the most important thing. And so, you know, it's it's fine to say why me. It's okay to say why me, why, well, you know, because you've got to try and work out what, what you've got to do with this shit. Well, well, what's going on here? I've got to make some sense of this. I have, you know, it's not victim thinking at all. It's absolutely not victim thinking to say why me. You've got to work that out because that's where you find your true purpose. But you then got to say, right, okay. Firstly, I'm going to accept that it's, 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 it's happened. I'm not going to lie down. 
I'm not going to let it train me. It's not going to think. It's not going to. Um, it's not going to hold me back in life. Whatever it is that's happened, I'm going to push through it. I'm going. I'm going to become emotionally disturbed about it. I'm going to fight it, and and because that's why we're here. That's that's what that's the test. You know, and yeah, I could be wrong, but but. I think you'll find more happiness if you listen to what I'm saying than if you ignored me. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, I, it's a puzzle. Life is a puzzle. You know, this magical, this magical, uh, you know, uh, tiny little speck of a of life that we begin as grows into the you know uh, uh, this fantastic machine with this amazing brain power and. Um, you know, we're all running around with, you know, well, you couldn't even price it. You know, can you imagine how much it would cost to build something? Of, you know, we we this we are the most expensive uh, items on the planet. If you you couldn't buy it, it would cost billions to make a a, a a computer that could function like we can. You know, they they. So here we are. We're born with all this fantastic power. Uh, no, no idea how to use it. No idea what direction that we're going in. Uh, you know, I think we have to realise that that it's all here to be used, and you know, we have to we have to use our body to its potential. We have to keep moving. We have to keep exercising. We have to realise that a, you know, a good, strong, uh, healthy um, base is where we have to be in life. First, we have to test ourselves. We have to scare ourselves. We have to. Uh, challenge ourselves. We have to accept, you know, that that it's not easy. It's the hard stuff that that will make us complete. That's where we'll be able to look back at all those hard times and go, yeah, wow, didn't I get through that? You know, there is no, there is, you know, you know, the reason people run marathons is because it's, you know, accepted that it's a tough thing to do and they get so much satisfaction at the end of it. You know, uh, you know. There's an awful lot to to be learned from that. We need to put ourselves in situations uh, where where we're testing ourselves properly. We need to we, we you know, but I mean I don't keep medals from from uh, uh, marathons or, or 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 I don't keep awards or anything like that. I, I really don't don't look for anything um, that, 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 that to I don't like to look back and. Say, wow, wasn't that great? Sometimes, you know, um, you can just subconsciously um, take on board what's what you're faced with because you've conditioned yourself through doing tough things. I don't, I don't actually have to physically visualise that tough time I got through. Um, you know, I quite like to be um, in an extraordinarily tough predicament. Um, when I run across America, the uh, you know, I could have run across America with all the sponsors, you know, the motorhome, the, uh, the cavalcade. I've done that. I ran across Great Britain. Um, yeah, I had a, a broken leg, but, you know, I had a motorhome to sleep in every night and I had a TV crew and a, you know, documentary team and, you know, I had physios, probably about 15 physios along the way and all these things. And, 
Yeah, the reason that I was fair to do that at the time because what I was doing had never been done before. Uh, you know, nobody said I could do it. When I broke my leg, they knew it was absolutely impossible, and I got through to the other end somehow. Uh, but I now know I can do that. I now know I now know I can keep going even if I break my leg. If I've got all those things behind me, I've got a support crew. I've got. Um, you know, more at home. I've got all the medics that I need. I've got all the physios I need and all those things. So when I run across America, when I run across America, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do it completely solo. I'm carrying all my own kit. I'm going to push a buggy with my uh, camping gear in and what have you. Um, I'm not planning the route. I know pretty much where it starts. <laughs> I know where it ends, but um, it starts in South Beach and it ends in it ends in New York, and I'm going to run 2,811 miles, you know, carrying a you know couple of hundred weight really. I'll be pushing it in the trolley. I'll be carrying it on my back, and I'm going to take on the most arduous, impossible journey of all, oh, to date, and. Um, Will I survive it? I don't know. The heat could kill me. And Nelly has a couple of times before. The, uh, uh, you know, I'm going into it. I'm going into the wilderness. I can't imagine uh, reaching Times Square because I know the arduous battle that I'm going to have on a daily basis just to survive. I, you know, I, I, the, 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 you know, the reason I do this is because people who are fighting cancer they're fighting an impossible journey. They they can't think about they can't think about the finish line, can they? If you're fighting cancer, what's your finish line? Or do you, you know the uh, people say, oh well, you know, for when you you know when they tell you you've got the all clear. No, it's not. No, 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 no. It's not as simple as that. Not as simple as that at all. When I speak to people, you know, and I've met so many people. God bless them uh, that aren't here now, who knew. You know, sorry, it's too late. You're going to die, and um, they've had to make best of their life. You know, and they've had to live in the moment. And uh, you know, there's, there's something very liberating about that as well. But you know, um, but they, they're not able to think about the finish line. They're not able to visualise anything. They just need to make the best out of every every day and, and just getting through the day. They never know how many days they've got left. They never know if they're going to survive it. And um, I suppose that's why I do what I do. I, think, uh, I want to inspire people who've got their own battles. It is about cancer a lot, but because cancer's just a plague, isn't it? You know, it's just, there's so many different variations of it. Um, but, you know, what about people who are, who are fighting depression? What about, you know, the soldiers who are... Uh, suffering post-traumatic stress, and um, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, there's so many people out there who can relate to the burden that I'm carrying. You know, it was funny. I, I, I never, you know, this is, uh, you know, before I go, I'll tell you this quick story. When I first put the fridge on and decided to do 30 marathons, 30 half marathons in 30, 30 days, I wasn't like internationally known. I'd been in the news and what have you the year before when I ran this half marathon, but um, when I'd ran the half marathon, it, I was in such a state at the end. Um, 
I've really got myself in a different level of fitness and thought, well, I'm really going to take something big on. And um, I'd got the inspiration now to help fight cancer by doing what I was doing. And um, But um, it was all stacked against me you know, for different reasons. And uh, everybody was telling us, don't do it, don't do it. You're just crazy. And, you know, when you when you do stuff like I do, you can't talk to anybody about it. I can't really, I can't, fortunately, my wife sticks by it, and, uh, but I, I, I can't really discuss it with her. You know, I can't discuss it with my children because the only thing they'll tell me to do is not to do it. Um, so there's nowhere to go in, in my immediate circle to uh, discuss these things. So I'll set off this day anyway. You know, 30, 30 half marathons in 30 days. You know, this impossible journey the first time I did it. And uh, this huge fridge strapped on my back. And I was running down a road. I hadn't been running more than 20 minutes. And a guy, big guy, um, drives along slowly first next to me and then drives ahead and he's waiting for me. And he, he kind of stops me and he's like, are you okay? And um, I said, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. So what, what, what are you fucking doing? You're running down the street with a fridge <laughs> strapped to your back. And um, you, you, you genuinely thought I'd lost my mind, you know. <laughs> so I didn't have all the sponsors and all that in them days. You know, I'm just carrying a fridge. And, uh, and um, I said, well, the fridge represents the burden of cancer. And um, I've lost people I love to cancer and I wanted to pay tribute to their lives by taking on an impossible journey. So I'm going to run a half marathon every day for the next 30 days, and uh, every step I take is a, is, a, is a tribute to people who have been affected by cancer. And um, you could see he was rocked, you know. Uh, he was emotional, and he gives a hug and kisses on the head, and total stranger, never met him before. And... Um, I'm a little guy, you know. <laughs> if you always say, I expected it to be bigger. And I say, I, I say to them, well, I used to be till I started carrying a fridge around on my back. But um, he, but, uh, he kisses on there, and off I went, and um, I could see it touched him. About five miles down the road, the car pulls up again. This guy now, this big guy, overweight, he's now dressed in running gear. And um, he's standing waiting for me like a, like a told-off schoolboy. To be fair, very shy, and you know he's wearing shorts, and that. he obviously hadn't trained with, uh, in years. And um, his wife was, and him and his wife were waiting for me, and now he can't speak. This big guy who was stopped us in the street, now he, he's speechless. You can see he's he's quite emotional, and um, his wife says, um, "Well, I'm sorry, Tony." She says, "Is it?" Is it okay if he runs with you to the end of this half marathon? She says, we lost our little girl to cancer. And um, when he heard what you were doing, he, he, he thought he, he has to come and join you. He's never, he's never run any distance in his life. I mean, you, you don't have to wait for him, but he, he just wants to let you know that he's going to run today as a tribute to you, you know, and a tribute to our little girl. You know, he, he, you know, and they called that guy Geordie Thompson. Uh, he was the first person that ever really stood out. You know, that that first day, I met that guy within, you know, within 20 minutes or so. And you think, aye, yeah. 
I'm not crazy after all, am I? You know, you, you, people got it, you know, and uh, you, you just have to run along the lane of traffic, uh, carrying the fridge, and you know, you see the people who are excited to see you go on the fridge, and then you get the people who will quietly salute you, and you know that they've been affected somewhere themselves, and you know, you can see that that quiet acceptance uh, of, and uh, you can see them the pausing for thought to think about their loved ones, and uh, so. You know, you, you realise, you know, that what you do does have a profound effect on the world and has a profound effect on on the people that you're trying to inspire, you know. So that in its own, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't know if um, you don't know about uh, how far to go until you've gone too far and uh, you don't know what will kill you uh, until it does, really. And... Um, and, you know, and I don't know if, in some respects, you know, when I try to set out as a legacy, the kids will look back and say, Dad, you were foolhardy and you pretty much took your own life. So, you know, you don't know any of these things. And these are the things you have to battle. These are the voices in your head you have to shut up when you do what I do, you know. And, um, but, you know, <laughs> the reality is <laughs> they, they were right when I was young. I used to be... Uh, embarrassed by the fact that I was emotionally disturbed, but the reality is I still am. I'm not, you know, the uh, uh, I have a I have a way of looking at things that isn't isn't entirely what they call normal. But um, I'm alive, and I'm and you know, and I don't need a sunny day to make me smile, and uh, I don't need a, a flat road I can run up hills or in the rain and, and carry in a fridge, <laughs> and I can still find a happy place. And um, you know, when I, when I'm doing it, I feel like I've uh, you know what I'm doing has has a purpose, and um, I think that, I think that's what I would say to anybody listening: that find your purpose and find something that's much bigger than you, something that um, you know find a Find a cause. Now, whether that cause is looking after your family, you know, paint the picture so big and so massive so that that that, that you become a, a slave to that work and that, that is your life's work, your purpose on, you know, helping mankind. You know, some people help mankind a thousand at a time, like I do. You know, speaking to start up marathons with 55,000 in them. And uh, you know, appear on TV shows and all these sort of things, and so we can inspire people in a big way. But you know, the, the little old lady who bakes some cakes and has a coffee morning um, to help to, to help a, a, a local charity is, is every way, every inch is inspiring as me. She's just found a different way to do it. You know, they, 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 there's so many. I, I, I watched a documentary yesterday. About this this lady in the uh, uh, the turn of the century who who for a, uh, an old English farthing she'd get all these second-hand toys and, and take them to the she she'd wrap up hundreds of of toys and uh, little bundles little parcels with um, bits of fabric in and pencils and buttons and. Things that these kids didn't have, <coughs> and um, she was taking, you know, brightening up their day with this little this little message, you know, giving them hope, and uh, you know, 
you know, when you watch, when you see the story, you think, wow, you know, you, you don't have to be an endurance freak. You don't have to conquer the world and, uh, you know, charging around and doing things that, that would seem to be superhuman. You can do a very simple thing on a daily basis, you know, relentlessly, you know, with a passion. And, and, and I know... I know how and why she did that because when you know it's quite addictive when you know the effect you can have and the positive effect you can have on the world. You you know you can't go back to your normal life. It's you know you you know I I wonder at times when the money gets low and the, you know I, I can't I'm just not motivated to go and do what I did anymore. You know um, uh, I, I, I uh, I'm not the inspirational go-getting salesman that I was. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm on a quest, you know, and uh, until I run across America, you know, I, I often say that I'll put the fridge down when I do that, but um, you just never know. You never know. I met, I met a man in America last year when I was over there, and he said, Tony, you should do the Great Wall of China. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great marathon, that, the Great Wall of China. And he was like, no, no, you should run the entire... The three thousand miles, <laughs> you know. If you think how oh, climbing up and down the steps of the of the, of the Great Wall of China with a hundred pound fridge on me back for three thousand miles, you know. But this guy I was talking to actually, he was he was totally serious, you know. He was convinced I was able to, you know. You'd think, goodness, you know, I, I'm fifty two years old, and uh, I'm taking on things that. Uh, most most every other human being wouldn't consider, you know, so... Um, but it's because I have that wonderful uh, acceptance of, of my plight. I'm not... Um, I don't think about how far I've got to go or how far I've been. I'm just able to live in the moments and uh, and endure. And, and the other good thing that I do know, I totally believe this, and I've been... I've tested this out. It works, actually, when you're doing endurance stuff anyway. I say this, it's worked up till now is the best way to describe it. I believe I'm going to pass out just before I die. So hopefully there'll be somebody around to resuscitate us if I pass out, you know. They can see, oh, he's, he's, he's nearly finished, let's get him to a hospital, you know. So hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll not quite finish myself off. Well, Tony, I, I certainly hope so. I think that you have given us a lot of inspiring advice for any anybody who's hit their head like that flea and uh, just just needs to light a fire on their backside and learn to jump a little bit higher and, and go out and try to find their their biggest purpose and keep asking themselves that important question why me That's and right. uh, yeah I want to I want to thank you for for your uh, for your words of advice and sharing your story and just doing what you're what you do because I know you're not looking for a thank you and but you are on a you are on an epic quest you're on a journey and uh, inspiring a lot of other people to to do the same and uh, I also know that you're not big on you know doing the the marketing or or pitching yourself or anything like that um, but I do know that you have a Facebook for it. Facebook page Tony the Fridge and uh, that you do have a, a website um, 
that says exactly about the charities and where people can donate justgiving.com slash Tony the Fridge. And we can, of course, link that up in all our show notes on under30co.com. But uh, if if you are coming to America, is there is there any place where we can uh, where we can find you online or, or offline? Because we'd love to get involved, have our community get involved in what you're doing. No, oh, yeah, yeah. These, uh, you know, when I, uh, you know, when when I, because I've spoken to Google last year as well. I have some friends in Google, and they were talking about. Um, the, you know, the, there will be a GPS on my uh, fridge, so you'll be able to find the fridge at any time. You'll be able to go on the website and just click on find the fridge, and it will literally zoom into where I am and where I'm actually physically running. And there's, there's talk with Google that you'll actually be, there'll actually be, a, uh, a, it can actually be, it may actually be a camera on the fridge, so you'll be able to see what I'm seeing while I'm running with the fridge. So, uh, yeah, the uh, it's going to be... Um, Quite ex- quite extraordinary, and no doubt I'll have uh, um, you know people turning up in, in, in crazy places. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have this belief in community. I never did, but I do now. And the wonderful thing is, you know, uh, you, I, I would never have been able to do the things I've done without all the help of thousands of people. You know, and you know, even if it's just somebody cheering out of a car window or um, or somebody who turns up uh, with food for me or, you know, the things that's happened along the way that, that you know, you know, you, you wonder, would I have been able to make it without all of that help? And I, I haven't been to America. I've got a great um, love for the place and um, the, the people are, you know, I, I, I know it's gonna, they, they're going to get behind me and, and help me. I absolutely, completely believe that. So I, I, I don't worry about the day the days and I'm absolutely certain I'll come across enough kind people that that'll help us out, you know, and uh, uh, and help us get across, you know, and hopefully we can um, we can inspire people who and, and pay tribute to, to to people that need us the most, and um, you know, they may sit back and think if he can do that, I can do this, you know, and and that's that's what I want most of all, you know, and that's what I want people to really see. Well, okay, I might not be able to run with the fridge, but. If, if he can do what he's doing, I, I can do this. I can get through this tough time I've got to get through, you know. And, and that, then, then my work is done. That's all I need. I've done enough. And, um, you know, I don't need to know about every single one. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, it's nice when you hear the stories. But, you know, the, um, the real heroes are the people who, who turn their lives around, who, who take the battle on head on, you know, and accept the plight and, and, and try and... Um, you know, uh, and just get through it. You know, that's the—they're the people that really matter. Oh, I, 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 I'm a troublemaker. I've said it many times. You know, that's all I do. I, I cause people to to take a uh, um, different perspective. You know, and uh, and you know, uh, I get them to think, well, well, he's crazy. But then, hopefully, the whole world can be as crazy as me someday. Someday, you know, and uh, we can. Uh, we, we, we can beat this awful uh, disease cancer and and uh, we can end it we can end the, the the poverty and hopefully we can all make a bit more sense of this this uh, life of ours Tony I, I love it you're helping people figure it out and uh, our community would be happy to to host you over here uh, in the United States and and seriously anything that you need please just just let us know. Uh, we'd but, love, yeah, but, we'd love but, to support but, you. 
when I run across America, I'm going to come and go on that zip line of yours. All right, once I've got across to the other side, once I've got to New York and I've recovered, I'm going to find that zip line on, from your video and I'm going to go and do that zip line. That's what I want to do. You know, the, uh, it looks absolutely amazing. So I love what you do. Keep doing what you do. And uh, you're inspiring a lot of people yourselves and you're, uh, you've got a great business there. Just keep doing that. Appreciate it, Tony. I'm looking forward to ziplining with you when you make it to California and uh, or make it to Times Square in New York, whatever the route you choose, and we'll be tuning in on the on the fridge cam. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've I've got you. I've got your contact details, and I'll, I'll stay in I'll stay in touch. And uh, you've got my Skype address, and I'll send you. I'll send you my US mobile number and what have you when I'm over there, so you'll be able to message me all you like when I'm there. Absolutely, Tony. Well, uh, this has been fantastic, and I really appreciate it. Hey, did you like today's episode? If you did, log on to iTunes and leave us a review. It would really help us out. We try to put out good, free content all of the time. Check out the show notes on under30co.com. Send the podcast to a friend who could use some of the advice. And, of course, if you want to travel with us, check out under30experiences.com and 50% off Athletic Greens on the show notes. Thanks for listening.